0: Learn more at marines.com. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high speed Wi Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at lq.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly.
1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. I feel like it's appropriate to say a couple things here and explain some things. So if you're a podcast listener, not just of my show, because my show debuted on Monday, Memorial Day. I know a lot of people had off. I hope you had a great long weekend. I did. Uh, But on Tuesday morning, or even Monday afternoon, I believe, There was an issue with the service that all of SB Nation uses to upload their podcasts, and you couldn't listen to anything unless it was downloaded anywhere. And so we apologize for that. If you were happening to wanting to tune in late on Monday night to listen to the Steelers hangover, or maybe you just wanted to catch get caught up with bad language or let's ride that you missed, and Tuesday morning, like, what the heck's going on? It did resolve itself but there was a little bit of a delay. I wanted to get that out in the open right away. It was not on our end. This was an entire network thing and it wasn't just our network. It was anyone that uses the service and that's a lot of people. So we we're back. We are back. So if you missed out on some shows, make sure you go back and check them out because it was some really good stuff in case you missed it on Monday. Let's talk about some news. The Pittsburgh Steelers are back. Tuesday, week 2 of OTAs began and Deontay Johnson returns. Yes, that's right. Deontay Johnson, who missed the first week of organized team activities, was back. He did not speak to the media. He told uh, some media members that he will be speaking next week, but he is not speaking this week. Next week, mandatory minicamp is at the very end of the week. That's probably when you'll hear from Deontay Johnson, but until then, he at least is there. That, to me, is very telling. It's telling in a lot of ways. A lot of people have made, is Deontay Johnson going to hold out? Is he going to want a new contract? If this guy's showing up to voluntary workouts in week two. Now, also, we don't know as a fan base, even the media don't know unless they talk to him and he says this. Maybe he was planning on being away in week one maybe Mike Tomlin knew he wasn't going to be there in week one but he said hey coach you know I'm organized to work with this guy and this guy and this guy on my speed and agility and then I'll be there for week two and I'll be there for week three in mandatory minicamp and, and there's a good chance that we they knew that meaning the coaching staff and we the fans did not know that and so th- that is a possibility but the fact that this guy has shown up for voluntary workouts he is learning if he wants that second contract, you're not going to do it by trying to strong-arm the Steelers. Ask Le'Veon Bell. It just doesn't work that way. So it was good to see Deontay Johnson back. And when you think about him coming back, he comes back to a completely different wide receiver room. No James Washington, no Juju Smith-Schuster, no Ray-Ray McLeod. In our George Pickens, Calvin Austin III, Miles Boykin. Some new faces there, but Deontay Johnson, along with Chase Claypool, are the veterans now. Of that group. So interesting stuff, but good to see Deontay Johnson back at practice. Next, everyone, I'm not sure why they're talking about this, but everyone is enamored with Najee Harris. No, not from a performance standpoint, from a weight standpoint. More than one reporter that are that's there at practice at the UPMC Rooney Sports Sports Complex. Has noted how Najee Harris looks lean. He looks like he's put on size. And on Tuesday, everyone was talking about how Najee Harris weighs 244 pounds now. And then it only took a few people to look back at when he came in as a rookie. Oh, he was labeled at 232. Oh my goodness, this guy's put on that much weight, and it doesn't look like fat. This is this isn't Jerome Bettis. This is he has put on muscle. Then Najee Harris went to Twitter when he was seeing all this talk about his weight and said, guys, last year I played at 240. So maybe what he did is he added some muscle, which weighs more than fat, and he leaned down. He got in better conditioning. How many times is it going to take fans to remember all these players, especially running backs, under Mike Tomlin that after year one, he tells them, you need to be in better shape. You need to be in have a higher level of conditioning. Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, they both had great second seasons when they finally figured out that being in the National Football League does not mean bigger and stronger. It actually means you need to be in a better shape. You need to have higher levels of conditioning. And so Najee Harris kind of cracked some jokes and said, you know, these reporters are... I think the i think the word he used was cornballs. Uh, I've, I've never heard that. I don't know if that's derogatory, I guess. I'm not sure, but still... Najee Harris's weight was another, wow, headline making. Uh, It actually is going to be the headline of, it was the headline of my recap that is going to be published on Wednesday at 8.15am at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, so make sure you check that out. Uh, Nonetheless, that's really all the news that came out of day one of week two of organized team activities, phase three. And so, Let's talk about this, the topic that I want to discuss. I'm sure that there's going to be people that listen to this and say, are we really talking about this? Is this really, Jeff, that this is what you're going to do for an entire half of a show? And the answer is yes, and that is the title is, It's Time for New Leaders to, to Step Up for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this stems from an article that I wrote on Monday. I was reading uh, some quotes from Cam Hayward, and he talked about how he's at the he's at the stage of his career where he recognizes that he has to leave a legacy. He is the next one to carry that torch. He is the one to teach the Steelers' way, and he needs to do that the right way. And that is by helping others succeed. And he realizes that when he helps others succeed, he's ultimately helping the team succeed. And Cam's been a Cam Hayward has been a leader on this football team for a long time, but he hasn't been the guy. The guy has been Ben Roethlisberger. And even though a lot of people, myself included, might say that Ben Roethlisberger is not, he was never built and meant to be that guy. We'll get to that. But leadership. And this is where a lot of people might say, are we really talking about this, Jeff? Not every podcast in the offseason can be X's and O's diving into numbers and minutia. That that can't be every show, at least not for me that does a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show. And to me, this talking point, leadership is really important. It's always been really important. And it's not just for me as a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. When I coached at the high school level, the varsity level for 13 years, leadership was unbelievably important. And I'd still believe that. I really, really do that. Even at the NFL level where these guys are professionals, they're making millions of dollars every single game, that leadership can just be thrown aside. I just don't think that you can just poo-poo leadership and say, well, it's just that doesn't matter in the NFL. I do think it matters. I do think it and it means a lot, in my opinion, to the Pittsburgh Steelers' success or lack thereof. Let's start this thing off by talking about the definitions of both leadership and a leader. They're similar, but they're different. Leadership, the definition is the action of leading a group of people or an organization. All right. What is a leader? The person who leads or commands a group, commands a group, commands your attention, commands that you follow them. And remember what I've always said is there's multiple people that say they're leaders. There's the people that want to say it in front of the media. There's the people that want to scream it from the rooftops. They want to show these rah-rah speeches. But when it comes down to it, when the rubber meets the road and they're trying to lead, no one is following them. That's not a leader. The leader is the person that when the rubber meets the road, when things get tough, that person says, all right, we got to do this. Let's 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 really let's make this happen. Let's get the job done. And everyone says, let's do it. And they follow that person. That's your leader. Now, can they be a combination of both? Absolutely. They can be that rah-rah person and they can be that person that they people still want to follow. That is possible. So I don't want to make that seem like that is some unicorn out there that doesn't exist. It does. It's not always common, but it does exist. So what I decided was I was thinking about who were the leaders on the Steelers in 2021. And I thought long and hard about this. And what I really struggled with was finding more than three. And that is, in my opinion, something that is a huge issue with the Steelers heading into 2022. 2022. So I broke it down offense and defense. You can talk about special teams captains. Dave Schofield did an entire podcast about special teams captains last week. You can check that out. He gives you names. He gives you salaries, uh, cap hits, all that stuff. If that's your cup of tea, go check it out. I'm not talking about special teams. Because in my opinion, if Chris Boswell is the Steelers' special teams captain, I don't see Chris Boswell standing up at halftime giving a speech to get the team motivated. So I'm leaving them out. Offensively, Ben Roethlisberger. After that, I was, I was no, I had no one. I had no one. I mean, you could maybe say Trey Turner, but even that is a huge stretch. A huge stretch. Would it have been David DeCastro if he played? Yeah, it would have been, but he didn't play. It was Ben Roethlisberger, and then underneath Roethlisberger, I have nothing but question marks. Now, on the defensive side, I talked about Cam already. Cam Hayward was a leader. He always has been since he stepped into a starting role, and he always will be until the day that he's done playing football. Hopefully, it's with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then T.J. Watt. Now, we're going to talk about different types of leaders, but T.J. Watt was a leader on that team. He was absolutely a leader on that team. So the Steelers, with only those three, they need new leadership. They need more players to step up. And so I'm trying to think of comparisons. I'm trying to think of a reason why you need more leaders. Not every leader is the same. Everyone brings something different. And so I thought back to those Super Bowl teams, whether you're talking about 2005 and Super Bowl 40 or 2009 and Super Bowl 43, it doesn't matter. What I was looking back at and thinking, who were the leaders on those teams? And they all did it differently. So offensively, and this is just to name a few folks. I, I could probably go on and talk about more, but this is just the, the just off the top of my head. Jerome Bettis was absolutely a leader. Heinz Ward, he was the definition of a leader. Alan Fanica might not have been the rah-rah guy, but you bet he was a leader. And so was Heath Miller in a way. Heath Miller might not have said any motivational words or quotes to anyone, but the way he took care of his business was a way that people probably said, I need to do it that way. That's a leader. On defense, well, the list is long. Joey Porter, Ryan Clark, Troy Polamalu, James Harrison, James Ferrier. Later years, William Gay was a leader. Uh, again, Ike Taylor. I could go on. Every single person, though, every single person I just listed from those great Super Bowl teams, they led in a different way. So you had Jerome Bettis as the face of the franchise. The age, the elder statesman. The win-it-for-Jerome type guy. And he was a guy that would get everyone in the middle of the locker room and he would talk to the team. We've all seen those clips from the crazy 2005 season where they found a way to make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Joey Porter was the polar opposite in a way. Joey Porter ran his mouth incessantly. Who can forget? You know, after the... Indianapolis Colts win in the divisional round in 2005 when Bill Cowers in the locker room saying, Joey, can you not say anything this week? And he said, man, hell nah, they shot me in Denver. That was Joey Porter. His coach is saying, can you not say anything? He doesn't say, yeah, coach, no big deal. He says, nope, I'm going to talk because they shot me in Denver. You know, Troy Polamalu was the silent assassin, similar to Heath Miller. Troy was not standing up in front of everyone and giving some type of speech. Now, if he did, well, that would have gotten people's attention, would it not? Whoa, Troy did what? Whoa, Troy, wow, what? Read Jim Wexel's book on Palomalu, and you'll find that this guy was a leader, but not in the way that most people think of when they think of leaders. And you think about Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward just went out there, and he broke dude's jaws. And it motivated people. When they saw receivers blocking defenders the way that he did, it, it made other people want to do that. Man, if Heinz Ward... One of the greatest receivers in Steelers history, who should be a Hall of Famer, by the way, quick sidebar. If Hines Ward is going to go out there and do all that dirty work, who am I to say that I can't go out and do that dirty work? All these players, all these great Pittsburgh Steelers that won Super Bowls, they all led in a different way. So now with Ben Roethlisberger gone, there are zero players on the Steelers roster that have Super Bowl championships with that team. He was the last of a dying breed. No one has a Super Bowl ring now on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so you're thinking to yourself, the Steelers need to get back to that type of team where they had so many leaders that I left people off. I didn't say an Aaron Smith. I didn't say a Casey Hampton. I I left these people off the list. Brett Kiesel. That's how many leaders they had in that locker room. And you think back to last season, I had three. Three. Yeah, you might want to say that, oh, Jeff, are we really talking about this? You realize what I'm talking about now? They need this. The Steelers need this. And so I'm thinking about this upcoming season. I'm thinking about offense and defense. Who are going to be the leaders? They need more leaders. They can't sit back and let Ben do it anymore. That's not the way it's going to work. He's not there. So on offense, who could be the leaders? I say could because someone has to actually step up. On offense, Najee Harris is going to be the first on almost everyone's list, and rightfully so. He is the first-round draft pick from 2021. He had a tremendous rookie season. He broke Steelers records. He was tremendous in every single possible facet. And uh, yeah, there's parts of his game that can be improved upon. I'm not, I don't mean that. I mean that as a Pittsburgh Steeler, he epitomized what it meant to wear the black and gold. Now he has to want to do it. He has to step up. Another guy, Pat Fryermuth, another second year player. But Pat Fryermuth has that, He. you just listen to him. I, I know I shared on Twitter, there was a hysterical video of Pat Fryermuth who was mic'd up for practice last week, the first week of OTAs, he and Zach Gentry, I swear, if they did a show together, would be hysterical. But he's a guy that everyone seems to like. That's what you need. You need someone that's likable. You need someone that is get that is friends with everyone, that can get everyone going. Pat Firemeath could be that guy if he wants to be that guy. James Daniels is one that I hope, I really do hope, steps up. And in, in even it's his first year with the organization, can demand everyone's respect and demand everyone's attention when he calls for it they need that type of personality on the offensive side of the ball you look at fire if you look at harris they're young they're they're young they're fun loving guys and that's great sometimes you need someone to stand up and say get your you know what together we have a job to do and we're gonna do it maybe that is james daniels and so everyone always also says well what about the quarterback what about the quarterback, Jeff? You left Ben Roethlisberger off the list of leaders from back in the mid 2000s. No, I didn't. He wasn't a good leader then. He wasn't even a leader on the team. He let all those other players do it, just like all the Steelers now, quite possibly let Ben do it for the last five plus years. He didn't. He wasn't a leader on those teams. So you say the quarterback? Well, who wins the quarterback job? Mitch Trubisky? I could see him being a leader, absolutely. Kenny Pickett? No. You're, a rookie is not going to step in and be that team leader in year 1 doesn't mean he can't be but they're not going to be that team leader in year 1 mason rudolph yeah, i don't know he might try he'd have to be he, he is a he's a guy that i look at could be the leader that i like i described as wow he could really go and say all the right things but in reality he's just not that leader The offense is tough because they're just so young. They are so young and inexperienced on the offensive side of the ball. That's why when I say these second-year players, Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth, they could take that leadership jump. Now, on defense, it's a little bit easier. But again, they need some of these players to step up. Cam Hayward is the guy. He is the team leader now. He is If someone says, who is the Steelers' leader? It's Cam Hayward. That's who they're pointing to. And some people probably would have pointed to him even last year and the year before. But now with Roethlisberger gone, it's undoubtedly Cam Hayward. And that's the way it should be. TJ Watt, I feel like he has to step up and be a little bit more vocal of a leader. He's got to be that guy that it, 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 he has to do it his own way, but I would love to see him step up into a greater leadership role, especially after being the defensive player of the year. I mean, expectations are high, but he should be able to handle that. Minka's the same way. He's, he kind of reminds me of Troy. He's that silent assassin. He's not going to say too much, but that's okay. Do, he does it the right way. He can be that leader. But then are there any? is there anyone else? Is Miles Jack in year one with the Steelers going to come in and and be that guy in the middle? I'd love it. I think he could be. I don't know, though. We don't know how it's going to work with Devin Bush. Also, maybe a Levi Wallace. You don't know much about Levi Wallace. You know, he was a walk on at Alabama. He makes his way with Buffalo. And it's just, it's maybe you just don't know. The Steelers need more leaders, though. They need more players that are. 100% all in on the Steelers and what they're selling. That's what they need. Again, you go back to those Super Bowl teams, the list was long of leaders, and I'm not saying that just because they won a Super Bowl. I could go back to 2017 when the Steelers went 13-3 in the regular season. Now they lost in the divisional round to Jacksonville, but that team, at least offensively, when you look at that offensive line alone, had a ton of leaders. Alejandro Villanueva, Marquise Pouncey, Ramon Foster, David DeCastro, I believe Marcus Gilbert was still on that team. Those were leaders on that team. They need to get more leaders. That's what the Steelers need. You may say it doesn't matter. I will disagree wholeheartedly with you if that's what you feel. Leadership matters. The Steelers have lacked leadership the last few years, and it's time for them to replenish those stores, hopefully with some of the young players, especially on the offensive side of the football. All right, enough of me talking. It's time for me to answer your questions. You know what time it is, second half of the show on Wednesday. Time for the mailbag. We'll be right back right after this break. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is hump day, happy hump day, we are halfway there folks, it's hard to believe, I always get so confused when you have a Monday off, a Memorial Day, a Labor Day, any of these three day weekends, President's Day, Martin Luther King Day, yeah I get all those days off, but still, when you have those days off, it just throws you out of whack, you feel like Tuesday's Monday, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow it's Wednesday already, so we are actually halfway there folks, stick with it. And stick with Behind the Steel Curtain. It's going to be really important as we go throughout the rest of this offseason, OTA's mandatory minicamp, and even the dog days of June and half of July before the Steelers report to training camp. But now it's time for the mailbag. So let's get this show on the road. Cheeseball10 says, Jeff, what are some realistic expectations for the Steelers defense this year? TJ Watt sack numbers, leader in interceptions, leader in tackles, etc. Okay. TJ Watt's sack numbers that's tough to gauge. History has shown that after someone has 20 plus sacks, the next year is typically not as good. Uh I don't have those numbers in front of me, but I know that's a fact that they're not as good. With that I'm going to say that I could he's definitely going to be in the double digits. I'll say around 18 I think he might have a small step backwards, but TJ Watt's TJ Watt. How can we say anything else? He's done nothing but improve every single year since being drafted in 2017. Leader in interceptions, call me crazy, but I think Minka Fitzpatrick gets that title. I think that when you have the safety trio of DeMonte, KZ, Terrell Edmonds, and Minka Fitzpatrick, it's going to allow him to do more Minka Fitzpatrick things, and I think it's going to pay big dividends for the Steelers defense, the leader in tackles. I am going to go with hopefully either Devin Bush and or miles Jack, not a safety like last year in make Fitzpatrick. Aiden Blaine says, if you could travel back in time and attend any Steelers game ever, which game would you choose and why? Uh, I think the easy answer is to say the immaculate reception, because that would be amazing to be there for that and know what's going to happen. But if I'm, thinking of a different game if I could travel back in time and attend any Steelers game ever I think it would be and this may sound crazy because of the the conditions Uh, I would go to Miami in 2004 in a hurricane to see Ben Roethlisberger play start his first game and get his first win that's what I would see so it's it's strange but I'm a big Ben fan you know that Lori says that Cam Hayward was on the Mina Kimes podcast this week. And in my opinion, she asked him very broad questions. And I kept thinking, if this was Jeff, what would he ask? So what type of questions would you ask Cam if you had him on Let's Ride? Well, Cam, if you're listening, I'd love to have you on the show. You're not listening, so let's continue with the question. If I had Cam Hayward on, the first questions that I would ask, and I always try when I have guests on to think about questions that make them think, that they might not get asked often. I'd ask Cam about his slow start to his career. I'd ask him if he ever had, if he ever doubted himself, if he ever doubted whether he was a first round talent, if he could do it, if he could get out of his father's shadow, if he felt that he was in his father's shadow. I'd ask him questions about being around some of those great players and What is the what? How does he forecast this happening if it's ever going to happen with the Steelers in the future? I would love to have Cam Hayward on my show. Cam Hayward being on my show would be not only a great get for just the podcast in general and our whole network, but I would love to just pick his brain. He's such an honest guy. Uh, When I was gone from behind the steel curtain, I got to be on a couple of those Zoom calls with Cam. I wasn't able to ask questions, but I was there live, and he is. There's a reason why the media love him. We'll put it that way. The media love Cam because he will always be there. No matter what the outcome of the game, he will never shy away from the media. Even if he made the biggest mistake on the field, he's not going to go anywhere. And so I'd love to ask him some questions. Those would be just a few. Daily Joint Company says, "Hey, Jeff, what's your favorite early overreaction so far? Not the worst necessarily, but your personal favorite. Mine is that if Kenny doesn't start this year, it was a wasted pick. Side note, every time Kenny gets sacked, I'm going to be thinking of South Park. Like, oh my gosh, you killed Kenny. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be alone there with the South Park reference. My favorite overreaction early, I to me, it just, I, I guess, I think right now, because I'm just so inundated with OTAs and, and trying to stay up to date with everything that's coming out of there, I am just so... I can't believe I did an entire podcast about the overreaction of OTAs. uh, I think it was last Friday is that are the people that are making such a big deal about the order that these quarterbacks are going through. And I just don't understand why there's such an emphasis on, oh, my gosh, Kenny Pickett's third. He's throwing the ball third. Who cares? This is not when jobs are won or lost. Mike Tomlin said that last week. He said, no one will win or lose a job in May. Now that doesn't mean there's not pressure. I've talked about that ad nauseum about the quarterbacks and the pressure that's going to be on them from the first time they walk on the field in OTAs until the preseason's over and the Steelers have to make a decision who their starter is. There's going to be pressure. But Kenny Pickett's pressure is not, who am I throwing behind or am I the first in line in a drill? It's, I have to deliver the pass. I've got to make sure that every single throw I make is on the money. I've got to make sure I know my assignments. This whole overreaction is just absurd to me. And I, I I don't know. I don't even, I can't even wrap my head around it, to be honest with you. Will Caldwell said, if you had to choose one, would you rather have a prolific passing offense or a dynamic running offense? And why? That's a good question. I'm going to go with a running offense. And you use the word dynamic as an adjective to describe said running offense. And that's why. The passing offense is great, but I still feel like teams that can run the football set themselves up for success. They control everything. They control the time of possession. They control, you know, let's just give you an example. They're playing the Chiefs. If they can run the ball, they're keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. That was the best defense when the Steelers used to play against Peyton Manning. Run the football. That's how they're going to have to win this year, too. So that's kind of why I chose that. Heath Davis asked a couple. He said, "In your, opi- in your opinion, what off move has been the biggest head scratcher for you? Which one did you like the most?" So, the biggest head scratcher for me was the, I, to be honest, is the two-year deal to Gunner O. Yeah, that's even more head scratching than the contract given to Jukes Akor for. And the reason being is that not that Gunrow isn't going to be successful. He was a, I think he was an all pro, if not a pro bowler, one year as a returner for New England. It's not that. It's just that I didn't see the necessity when you can get some of these younger players, kickoffs are basically null and void anymore. And then you get someone like Calvin Austin III, and Calvin Austin III has experience returning punts. So I, I don't know. That was probably the biggest head scratcher for me. Which one did I like the most? It was the offensive line moves, whether it was Mason Cole, James Daniels. The one thing I couldn't stop talking about was options. They have options. The Steelers now have options in the interior offensive line. That's what I like the most. Heath asked another one. He said, you're planning, it's funny, Brian Davis's birthday, and it includes karaoke with four current Steelers. Which Steelers do you invite and what songs do they sing? It's funny that you say that based on the fact that I attended Brian Davis's 50th birthday party and he did sing some songs it wasn't karaoke he sang with the live band so if there's four current Steelers it's so here I'm gonna have I'm definitely having Najee Harris because I think it would be funny to see him I'm not gonna pick a song but I'll give you the four Steelers Najee Harris is one I'm gonna have Cam Hayward there um Man, if Zach Banner was still on the team, I'd definitely have him there. But he's not on the team. I'll go with Pat Fryermuth and Zach Gentry because I think they would do a duo, and I think they would be hysterical. So Will Caldwell has another one. Jeff, if you could only eat one food or meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? To me, this is simple. I want a steak, grilled. Don't put it on a propane gas grill. That's not gonna just gonna destroy the steak. I want it on charcoal or over fire, and then give me a. Sweet potato with butter, a little bit of cinnamon on it, and shoot, that's good enough for me. I'm a meat and potatoes guy. But if, if it's a salad, my wife makes this taco salad that's just out of this world. That would be a meal I could have every single day, and I would never complain once about it. So good question. Amendez, with Watt and High Smith as starting outside linebackers, who gets the third outside linebacker job to come in if the starters need a rest. Is Jannard Avery that guy? Not sure Derek Tushka is ready for that role. Could the Steelers possibly sign an outside linebacker veteran this summer? I'm not going to rule it out that they sign a veteran. I just think that they're going to go into the preseason probably with the group they have assembled. No one likes Tushka. I'm not sure why. I thought he was... Pretty darn good in coverage. He also showed some pass rushing ability towards the end of the season. Gennard Avery, I don't know much about. I know he can flex inside. He has position versatility. Uh, he has shown ability to, to pass rush. Uh, I want to see it, though. I want to see him in training camp, see him in the preseason. We'll see. Again, they could sign someone. Wouldn't be shocked. But at the same time, if they roll into the season with these with these four, I think that's probably more likely. Okay, Hambone I don't even know how to say this. I'm sorry. We're just going to call you Hambone. Hambone says the Steelers didn't put a succession plan in place until Big Ben was officially gone. We know the organization was always ride or die with Ben. But do you think that this could be related to the fact that he was never seen as a mentor slash great leader? Well, maybe. And I just spent a lot of time talking about Ben Roethlisberger and his leadership or lack thereof throughout his career. I think that the organization saw a chance to bring Roethlisberger back and I think they thought, and they still do at the time, and in terms of last season, that Ben Roethlisberger gave him the best chance to succeed. And when you think about last season and the amount of game-winning drives, fourth-quarter comebacks that he did deliver, all the struggles that he had to me, they were kind of negated. Roethlisberger didn't have a great season statistically, but he had a really good season in my opinion. And I think that they just thought that, hey, you know, could we technically just cut ties with Roethlisberger? It would be a media nightmare, a PR nightmare. You'd have him mad at the organization, and you'd have Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Or do we let Ben come back for one more year See what we can do, and then we'll really go ahead first in the quarterbacks. I think that's what they went with, and I think it—I don't think it hurt them. We'll put it that way. Mitchell Gibbons says, what are the Steelers paying Stefan to it? If he doesn't end up showing up, will the Steelers cut him and possibly sign another defensive lineman? Is he even worth it? I think, and, and Mitchell, to be honest, I, I, I got this question late. And I didn't have a chance to look up the answer. I think he's due about eight to $9 million this year, and if he doesn't show up, the Steelers could cut him. And they would have a dead cap hit, but ultimately uh, they would be able to recap some of that. Would they sign another defensive lineman. After drafting DeMarvin Leal, probably not. They're very deep. They're very deep at the defensive line position, so I don't think they would. Is he worth it? If he plays and he's even a shell of what he was in 2021, I'm sorry, 2020, then yes, I do think he's worth it. Johnny Bravo says, were you always on the TJ Watt train or were you someone that doubted him early on? What was your reaction when he was drafted? When he was drafted in 2017, I was intrigued with his athleticism. Did I ever foresee him going on a tear the way that he did? I, I think it was about midway through 2017 when it was TJ Watt that was keeping James Harrison on the bench. And I said, this kid could be something. If he's keeping this Steelers legend from playing, and we all know how that played out with with Debo, he could be pretty darn good. And I was right. Ryan Good. Do you see any other free agents coming in? If so, any specific position you would like to see addressed? Stay classy ride or die crew. Thank you, Ryan. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say what I've always said. If they're gonna take a position with a veteran that's gonna be on the cheap, it would be at running back. They could use a number two, but I'm also not holding my breath for that. I, I don't think they sign any free agents. Anytime soon, you might see a couple signings like a Kalen Bellage in June or July, but I, I don't foresee them bringing anyone like that back. And When I say Kalen Bellage it's a Kalen Bellage type, not actually Kalen Bellage, who's still a free agent. Tyler W. says, what would make the Steelers a better team next season, being top five in rush yards or top five rush defense? This is a great question. I would say top five rush defense would be my answer. I think that the Steelers are going to win games. They have to keep it close and they need that defense to be the very best version of itself that it can be. So I would say between the two, give me the top five rush defense. Absolutely. Give me the top five rush defense. All right. Last question here from Brad Lee. Hey, Jeff. First, he has a funny question. What's your favorite flavor of flavor of Oreo? I work for Nabisco and was always curious. (laughs) Um, I haven't had an Oreo in a long time. I went to college in Shepherdstown, West Virginia, and I graduated high school in two thousand and one. And after my freshman summer, I never went back home. I never went back to Wheeling, West Virginia. Uh, I just put my—I stayed claimed over in this area and the Mid Atlantic. The best Oreo I ever had was actually at the Shepherdstown Carnival in the summer when I was staying there my sophomore year. It was a fried Oreo, uh, but if if. I know that that's not a flavor of Oreo that Nabisco sells. It was amazing. I'll go with just your traditional double stuff. Awesome. My grandma used to love those, by the way. Um, a stealer question from Brad is, if Tomlin can go 8-8 eight and eight with a reindeer and a duck at quarterback, why is everyone doubting him now? Great question. 8-8, eight and eight, that, that 2019 season, they were set up for a playoff run and it just fell apart. I think this is going to be if the Steelers have any type of success, this could be Mike Tomlin's greatest coaching effort ever. He doesn't have Ben Roethlisberger to lean on. He doesn't have that excuse. People will always use that. He never does, but people will always use that when they say, "Oh, Tomlin, he's always one with cowers players. He just does." Ben Roethlisberger bails him out. This, that, and the other. I have full confidence that Mike Tomlin will have the Steelers competitive throughout the entire season. Will they make the playoffs? They could. Could they win double-digit games? I think they will. But still, I agree with you 100%. I don't know why everyone is starting to doubt him now. Some great questions. Some fantastic questions from our ride-or-die crew. If you're someone that has never, or maybe you're wondering how you get your question answered, all you have to do is create a free Twitter account, Follow me there at J Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And then every Tuesday around noon, I put out that question with a GIF. You respond to that, and I will answer every single one. I thank all my Rider die crew for the questions this week. Make sure you're on the lookout for my Friday show. I'm actually going to answer Heath Davis had a question for me the other day. Uh, This was not from the the mailbag segment. I'm going to kind of dive into that on Friday, and maybe we'll have a special guest. Uh, So make sure you're on the lookout for that on Friday. But you know how we finish out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Good to see you.